This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. I've been caught in my heels. Uh, this is the Friday Bulletin on Axon with me, Laura Bradburn, and I'm joined as always by Tony Haggerty. How are you doing, Tony? I'm very well, Laura. Yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, a big, big week again. Um, big result last night. Um, I'll try and be positive today about it, even though I was broadly positive last night. But there are multiple issues to discuss last night, not least the injuries that we sustained, uh, as you'll see in the banner there, but we'll get to that. 
Um, we are also joined by Alan Morrison, who is Celtic by Numbers on Twitter and also appears on the Huddle Breakdown podcast, which transmits mm-hmm. weekly. And I believe you'll be recording another episode today, Alan. Is that right? How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm well, Laura. Hi, Tony. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we'll be we'll be on air later today. I'm not sure if it's live. Uh, the boss will work that one out. <laughs> That's too technical for me. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, Alan, are you compiled an expected injury last year? <laughs> expected. I'm still trying to. I'm still. I'm still. I run out of ink compiling the actual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I if I understand these expected stats, anything we're pretty much reaching one per player or something like that. I don't know, but uh, we'll we'll get into that in due course. Um, Tony, I'll come to you first. You obviously did. Um, as is your as is your full time job. Uh, did your player ratings for the Celtic Way last night? Yeah. Um, to start off on a positive note, I, I would imagine I didn't get a chance to read the report, um, but I would imagine it was pretty uh, complimentary for most of the players on the pitch last night. I was complimentary, but a lot of people say that I gave them kind of low marks. I toyed with the idea of giving the likes of uh, Urugidi and Welsh and Scales eight, mm. but I think no player got above a seven only because. Whilst it, it was a, a decent performance, I, I thought there was no particular standouts in the team. So I guess it's just down to your opinion who you thought had a better game than others. But I, I was complimenting in the sense that they, I thought they did very well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I looked at the game and I would have found it really hard to pick out a personal man in the match in it. As I say, it was mostly the uh, sevens. Uh, but I, I was impressed by the likes of Urugidi and Scales, and even Shaw and Welsh doing well to score his first European goal. And also Henderson, you know, that, that wonderful moment in sport when Mikey Johnson and squares the ball to Ewan Henderson, two academy graduates, former academy players, teammates. So uh, uh, these things don't go unnoticed. But, uh, I yeah, I was maybe a bit meagre with my, my marks, you know, as I'm getting dug up. Today, <laughs> but it's my it's it's my professional opinion. Mm. I, won't, I won't change that. That's how I saw it. Other people will see it differently. I thought it was a great team performance without any individual shining above uh, others, as you usually get in a, in a game, uh, and and that, that was reflected in the match. But as I say, I, I did toy with the idea of giving Urugidi and uh, Welsh uh, and. Scales eights because I, I I thought out of them all that they were I guess the, the three that impressed me most but they all get sevens so maybe I should be a wee bit more uh, kind moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> Kindness is not the name of the game. Honesty is I think, and that's what that's what we'll do. But um, <laughs> you can be kind and be honest at the same time, right? Yeah, but um. But, um I, I take on board what you're saying about the, the the team performance outweighing any kind of individual performance and that's something that I want to get into a little bit later talking about this um, system that Andrew's trying to implement and how it seems to be bleeding throughout the club but we'll we'll get on to that. Alan, um, before we go into the details as I know you like to do, um, what was your overall view of the game? I mean, I'm like unquestionable that it was an enjoyable match. It was back and forth. It was up and down. All that stuff. But what was your overall view of the the performances that you saw? 
Yeah, no, it's a thrilling game of football first and foremost. I think that's that's probably the standout. Um, and as as have all Celtics games been in this in this group, um, you know, very rare for both teams to have expected goals over two in the same game. Um, so from an attacking point of view, you know, we stood toe to toe with what was still a very good uh, Betis team, and you know, mm. they, they had a couple of twenty-one-year-olds, uh, Linez, the Mexican winger. Miranda, the left back, but otherwise, these are all players that are trying to get into a Betis team that are third in La Liga. Uh, they, they, you know, and they're trying to impress Pellegrini, their manager, uh, and they brought on some of the A team uh, later in the game as well. So, uh, I think there's a huge number of positives for the way that what was, I, I wouldn't even call it a B team. <laughs> to me, it was nearer a C team, uh, to be honest. In terms of if 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 you think about where we'll end up if we look back on this in a year's time when Postacoglu's had, let's say, two or three transfer windows to shape the squad. Um, I suspect there'll be a lot, lot of players that played last night that, that will represent the highlight of their Celtic career. Mm. Um, and, and so that I think for that team to put in that performance against that quality of opposition, I know the league, I know the group was done, but they wanted to win. They've won five games in a row. They've got momentum. They're trying to as I say, to to build towards a, a proper series, uh, La Liga challenge. So, so you know, they they were looking to win that game. So, I think great credit to those players last night for for what they achieved. The manager said that Alan after the game that those players, those Celtic players that won that game, will always have that in their memory banks. You know, and he was, and I think he was alluding to what you were saying as well, just there about that it might be as good as it gets, but they they took on a very good side and. And they won, and nobody will be able to take that away from them. So, yeah, I, I agree with that uh, completely. That yeah, to beat a team of that calibre, is still uh, is still a decent scalp to claim in European competition. Yeah, I think I think if there's one thing we know about Ange, it's that he picks his words carefully. There will be no mistake in him saying what he said there, and 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 I think that that gives you everything you need to know about the potential futures of of some of the players that that were in the team last night. Having said that, there were a few that I still think will make him uh, second-guess himself slightly and, and, and maybe say that there's a there's more of a future there for some of them than we thought. Um, nine points, obviously, coming out of a Europa League. We're almost um, unlucky not to have qualified. We, we, aren't, we, we have gone out in a very Celtic manner. We've got more points in our group than some of the qualified teams in other groups. I believe there's a couple going through on seven points. So, uh, I think there was four groups, I think. If Celtic had been in with nine points, they would have qualified. So yeah, that's yeah. quite a high, a high ratio. So unlucky, but uh, but I think we gave a good showing of ourselves anyway. Let's let's break down the team, um, sort of and in, individually or by section, I suppose. Um, some of the biggest changes and some of the um area or a certain area of the pitch where there was players playing together who you're almost certain had never played together before Tony was the defence you had Bain and Goal, you had Scales you had um, geez, I'm forgetting now, Uruguide, Beaton and Welsh um, it was considering the um, the lineup there I think most people thought that we were on a course for a hiding looking at that defence I don't think they gave us particularly bad showing of themselves as a group, did they? No, they didn't. Uh, I mean, there was a point in the first half where Real Betis seemed to cut them open at will mm. for, a, for a small spell and you got increasingly worried. But, you know, that team's been cobbled together. They, they will not have much time to work on anything. 
shape or anything. I mean, the, the, the message was go out there, grab that opportunity and enjoy it. And they've come off the park, as Alan said, having beaten Real Betis. You know, that's it. You, you chalk that up. That, that That's as good an experience as it gets. You know, you see people, what, what do they learn from that? You learn a lot from that. Yeah. A right good team who can who could slightly pass the ball around and, you know, you, you might chase shadows for certain parts of the game. But I don't think anybody who was in the defence last night didn't cover them. I won't say, you know, not cover themselves in glory, but they, they were decent. You know, they stood up to a, a, a right test and Betis wanted to win the game. Mm-hmm. You know, everything at Celtic at the end, they withstood that. You know, and, I, I, and you know, for debutants like Uruguidi and, and Shaw, and the more you see your skills, the more you're impressed. Alan will mm. be elaborating some stats on these guys, but, you know, at one point Uruguidi was charging up the park like, like Didier Gart, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see them a man, uh, manager, whatever. We did a gat esque, the only way he whipped the ball across. And I think when you looked at guys like Uruguidi, you saw some raw material there. You know, it needs hammered and chiseled and panel beaten, but there was some raw material there that, that you can work with. Again, Alan will give some positive stats on that. But you, you, you look at players and you think, because you saw him in pre season and he looked really, really suspect. And last week there were times when precisely you thought maybe suspect, but he was certainly a lot better player. And Ange touched upon that, that these guys have been training every day, even if they're not playing. They are up to speed. They know what the first team are doing. They're in and around it. So when they get that chance to slot in, then the message is the same. Do what you're doing. Do what they guys are doing. And I think I think they, they all did. You know, skills in particular, I, I, just, I just like skills. I like, yeah. his, I like his effort. I like his application. I just like the way he goes about his business. You know, charging around that part there against top-notch Spanish opposition and wasn't scared of them in any. You know, reputations meant nothing. You mm-hmm. know, he looks a comfortable, solid, accomplished player. And also since he came in, he looks like somebody who's grasped the nettle and grasped the mantle of, right, high-intensity training, high-tempo get, right, check, check, right, OK. And, and listening to the manager, you could see that. So that's what pleases me greatly. The fact that they won the game was an absolute bonus. And you, you can't take... You have to give them credit for that. It was a right good, as I said at the start, decent team performance, real team ethic there. And uh, and they deserved they deserved that bit of luck at the end they got with the one uh, skeleton in the crossbar. And to finish the, on a high, they finished the campaign on a high. And nine points. I've heard that before with Celtic, nine points somewhere there. Eh? Yeah, I have, I have a vague recollection of doing that against Juventus, I think. Yes, yes. Well, a certain manager was screaming shocking at a certain penalty decision, but yeah. they, they seem to do it the hard way, don't they, Celtic, and accumulate a, point, a lot of points. But that, I guess that goes back to the, the standard and calibre of opposition they were playing. That was a real mm. tough, tough group. And to get nine points is uh, quite a creditable score. It absolutely is. Daniel Farrelly commenting on YouTube. And remember, everybody, you can comment on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Twitch, wherever you're watching. Daniel Farrelly, who has been very active in the comments in the last few days, quite enjoyed her putting Brian in his place a couple of times, which was quite fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, Daniel Farrelly says, very composed skills comes across as. And I think that's the, that, I think that's the biggest uh, compliment you can pay him. In, in a defence where um, we have... Uh, 
struggled for composure this season. I can think of a few names, which I'm not going to say because I don't want to get on anybody's back, but I think I can think of a few names where that composure has not been as evident, and yet every time Scales has come into the team, he has seemed to bring that composure and that sense of calm to the defence, which was really good. But Alan, I'll come to you. Um, do you have anything for us stats-wise on the defence, on how they performed last night, on on who was a particular standout from that back four, or or, or Scott Bain as you as you vehemently defended the last time you were on the show <laughs> with us? <laughs> yeah. Um, so so listen. I mean, also I think I need to provide again the context that it was it was kind of square pegs as well because Urogidi is a centre back. Uh, Wednesday, mm. he was always a centre back, so right back was a bit a bit outside of his comfort zone. Um, Bitton, as we know, is not a centre back, and uh, Scales actually, I know he's comfortable at left back, but he's played the predominant predominantly over the last two three seasons in the League of Ireland. He's either been the left centre back in a three, or he's been a wing back. So to play the left back role uh, was was again a little bit outside his comfort zone. So all all of those things. I think just it helped to add, and the fact that obviously there's no no level of understanding between the four defenders. But I think to take them one by one, I mean, Urugidi, um so as you probably know, I live in Sheffield, so speaking, I spoke to a lot of Wednesday fans about Urugidi and Shaw. Uh, Urugidi, they were pretty gutted about losing. They saw him as being a very positive uh, prospect, uh, a bit very raw, and I think we can see that. Um, I would say I would say he grew into the game, right? So uh, my, I was worried about him for a lot the first half. Positionally, I'm not sure he was in the right place when he got the ball at his feet. You sort of think, what is going to happen next? <laughs> a few times, but he actually grew into the game definitely and got more and more comfortable. And and I think his his physical attributes, his pace, his power, his strength um, helped him uh, to recover from a, certain, a few situations that could have been really bad, uh, which is obviously. You know, compared to fullbacks like Rolston and Taylor, that athleticism and physicality and speed uh, is something that we're sadly lacking in the team as a whole. So I think I think that was a welcome uh, dimension that he brought there. And as I say, his, his confidence grew. So I was really really pleased for him. Scales is an interesting player. On the other side, um, I do like the look of him. Not enough data yet to sort of talk authoritatively about his defensive um, attributes. You know, positioning. Uh, anticipation, you know, that kind of thing. Just don't have enough data. Um, I mean, last night he was put under a lot of pressure and, you know, his first 90 minutes for Celtic um, and he was really, really struggling fitness-wise from about 70 minutes on and Joachim had the run of him. 40-year-old Joachim had the run of that right side in the last <laughs> 20, well, I say last 20 minutes, last 30 minutes of the game. Um, so that, and and, you know, he was kind of, I don't know where he was for that second goal, which is it wasn't even Mikey Johnson was covering the whole of that uh, left side. So there's definitely a lot there in terms of fitness, um, conditioning to last 90 minutes at that level that he was going to have to work on. But what I liked about him was that 20 of his 43 completed passes were in the opposition half. So I think mm-hmm. both Uro Giddy, who again, he's a centre-back, so rampaging right back is probably a little bit outside of his um, skill set. But I think both players fitted into what Postacoglu's instructions and style and, and structure would have been, which I thought was a great credit to both of them. He ended up with, I think, point three of expected assists from one key pass. He lost two out of six duels, but some of that might have been uh, in the opposition half. Um, so as I say, his defensive numbers, uh, I don't have enough information for. But what I like about him is 
and, and, I, and I'll look at this for any player, is, is he looks comfortable receiving the ball. His body shape is good. He opens his body up. He's not closed like some. Uh, he's, he's facing the play. He looks technically comfortable. And again, he's, what, 6'3". He's a physical, big physical, um, reasonably athletic player, not as much pace probably as Urugidi, but that physicality, again, is something that's hugely lacking from this this team. And then off the centre-backs, um, Welsh was was very tidy, just very safe. Uh, completed 98% of his passes, uh, got, got got quite a few clearances in the headers and just looked safe and competent. Welsh's passing is something which last season really sort of improved as the season went on. His ability just to break that first line is something which uh, is very valuable and needed in, in this system. So, yeah, for the for the young guys, um, I think it was some positives there for the back the back four. And that's interesting, Alan, because I spoke to Welsh uh, in the fan media press conference and I asked him the, the one attribute that had improved in his game since Hans came in. And mm-hmm. that's what he said, he's passing. Mm. So uh, he said that Hans had helped improve in passing because that yeah. quickness and style and tempo and high intensity they play. He, he banged on about that, but that was the one attribute he said had improved the most. And well, I don't think he'll pr- be the only player either that will have no. improved his passing, no? No, I mean, I think I think I think you forty-eight passes was probably the most in the team. As I say, to complete those at ninety-eight percent against a team that's really going at you, mm-hmm. pressing high, I think was uh, was good 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 credit to him. And the fact that I didn't really notice him much when I was watching the game in sort of full-on ah mode fan mode <laughs> means that that's, he's probably, he probably had a pretty safe game. When I go back and watch it again and collect the data and all that sort of thing, I can, you know, other things might might emerge. Yeah, there's there's plenty to discuss, and 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 I think the encouraging thing that I, I'm seeing a couple of people talk about. Um, somebody made the comment. It's unfortunately scrolled past, but made the comment about you know what a change we've had. Where um, you know, many of the players on the pitch last night, the defence especially, um, we would have been you know very very nervous about seeing them in a in a lineup. Whereas I think what we've seen, at least from the defence anyway, is you know, that if any one of them individually came into a stronger defensive lineup, you could probably trust them at this point to put in a good performance. And that's that's the least you can say about it, which is good. But um, And I know, I know we're getting loads of comments about Kyogo and asking about what's happening with him. I personally don't have any information about that. We will get to talking about the forward line, but uh, I like to keep things organised. So let's move on to the midfield. Um, Tony, I'll come to you first on the midfield. I was actually talking to my brother about this this morning and um, his words to me were I wouldn't have expected a midfield of McCarthy Shaw and um, oh jeez the name's gone out of my head who, who was the other midfielder um, McCarthy Shaw and Beaton to um, have performed as well as they did um, <coughs> but they did do really well last night they they were quite physical, but not too overly physical. Sorrow was the other one, sorry. Um, Sorrow was perhaps uh, a little bit uh, headless chicken with his tackles, as he has a want to be. But what did you make of the midfield? Were you were you impressed by any of them? Um, what was your overall thoughts of how they controlled the game from the middle of the park? Listen, you saw the midfield and you did feel the worst, didn't you? You feel the worst that Sorrow would be the headless chicken and do something rash, do something stupid. You know, he's a VAR TV replay instant away from possibly getting a red card, but it was never a, a flailing elbow. But it was a a needless, you know, fending off of somebody, you know, which which got the referee to, to make a question. And once he's booked, he, walk, he walks that disciplinary tightrope, doesn't he? Because yeah. you know he's going to do something 
he's going to be rash. He's he's just a rash footballer that needs to engage sometimes, you know, the young football brain. You know, <laughs> it's just something that it's in him, you know. I, I don't know what's the matter with him and don't know if it's frustration because this time last year he came into the side and everybody started to say he was looking every inch a footballer. Mm-hmm. And, and some guys just can't maybe handle the fact that it's not happened for them. The footballer there, but he needs to learn that he can't even run about, charging about like a raging bull, and he can't win every ball. You know, you can jockey, you can joust, you can harry, you can chase. He can't win every foot, every ball that comes to his man, and I think he has to get that in his head because he wants to win every ball. So mm-hmm. he personally fouls and ends up in the book, and it's usually early that he ends up in the book. Uh, Shaw, I thought Shaw was just tidy and effective and decent, you know, put the mm. foot up and then tried to give the ball to footballers when, whenever they could. You know, he was he was effective and efficient without being flashy and, you know, I think Alan will be able to tell you that there. But another one who got taken off at the optimum time because he, I think he, his tank was gone, you know, he'd, his tank was gone, you know, he'd given everything. So, which is fine. Be sure he can do it and he can compete at that level. Great. Uh, McCarthy, I just worry about I really do. I, I again, he was. I mean, it was what 60, 62 minutes that McCarthy was. They were saying in the commentary that he, he was spent. You know, yeah. and I, just, I, I feel for him. I really do. But I think uh, he has to get over this. You know, injury prone or not being able to see out ninety minutes. If he's if he's to become, you know, to become a regular contributor and a regular in the Celtic team. I think Celtic fans are getting are frustrated for him, not frustrated with him. Just want to get mm-hmm. to the bottom of why he can't last 90 minutes and why he keeps kind of breaking down. And again, last night, he he was quietly efficient as well, you know, considering they were zipping it about a bit. I, I did fear the worst at one point. See, that particular spell in the game where 40-year-old Joaquin was running right, as Alan said, you know, and Linus was uh, causing all sorts of bother. I just think it was a matter of time. So I, I'm, I'm I'm pretty astonished that we still astonished that we won that game with that, that starting eleven and that starting midfield in particular because there wasn't much in terms of creativity there. No. You no. know, so that's a big thing for me. So when I saw the midfield, I was like, okay, who's going to play the killer pass? Who's, who's going to, you know, who's going to score from that midfield? But uh, you know, so there's all sorts of things, but. Again, they all competed very well and, you know, they were up against a decent, decent side. So I think you have to give them credit. Sometimes it's about digging in and doing some dirty work and, you know, being bailed out by your forward offensive thinking teammates. And that's what happened last night. They all did a, they all did a solid and steady job. Again, I'll go mm-hmm. back. It was a team collective rather than individuals standing out for me last night. And, they, you know, they, it was a typical Ange team performance, real work ethic, high energy, high intensity, which some can do for certain amounts of time. Yeah. 70 minutes, and then the others come on. You know, the likes of Turnbull, McGregor, come on, showed everything up and just sort of make sure that, you know, that the Celtic could get a result or hang on to that result. Yeah. Um, David Bradley commenting on YouTube is agreeing with you that he felt um, McCarthy was off it. I don't know that I would go so far as to say that McCarthy was off it. I think, like you said, he, he, he started the game well and it was only around 60, 65 minutes that he started to 
you know, tired and start, you know, pulling at sore muscles and that kind of thing. It just makes you wonder, you know, why why were Crystal Palace so happy to let him go, not offer him a new contract? Did they see this in the offing, that kind of thing? So, um, And let's not forget his former Hamilton teammate, James MacArthur, remains in the Premier League and, and is still putting in performances every week. So there were opportunities there for, you know... Well, Somebody who kept up that standard. Well, Alan spoke about it the last time, Alan. It's all about rest and recovery, isn't it, really? With players, you you, yeah. you, you spoke about that, about two, the two and three day thing, didn't you? You know, two, two minimum, wasn't it? Three yeah, months. indeed. Uh, and that's, I'm sure that's a contributory factor to, to injuries. I think to, to pick up your point, Laura and McCarthy, I mean, um, they had the opposite problem to, to what Postacoglu's got at Celtic in terms of, I think they had about six or eight midfielders that could all do that kind of job. Yeah. Uh, and he was just essentially surplus to requirements there. Um, actually, McCarthy, you know, he, it's very diff- I've, I've learned with him now, or learning, that it's very difficult to judge his performances uh, watching the game in real time because the things that he does well tend not to go to go notice. So he won actually eight out of 10 duels and I think with 12 recoveries. So recoveries are a good proxy for right place, right time. Picking up the loose balls, essentially being there when it when when the ball was, he probably led the team in recoveries with twelve, I think, as well. So he did those pieces, which are classic number six type jobs, pretty well. Um, and uh, yeah, but I, but I think he's one of those players, and I know Laura, you're a big uh, you're a big championship manager fan. We're still allowed to, still allowed to talk about that. Um, and uh, and, and um, if if you think about championship manager and you think about a profile of these players that have got like. Out of twenty attributes, they might have four or five that are like nearly twenty, and then the mm-hmm. rest are like really rubbish. That's James McCarthy, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a certain skill set he's brilliant at, and it's going to be that breaking up play, being in the right place at the right time, and then shoveling the ball off to somebody else. But ask him yeah. to do anything beyond that, and I think it's beyond him. My my, my take out on him when I was watching him live was, oh my God, he's so slow. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can somebody please just give him a bit of a push, make him move faster. Um, but as I say, if you look at the stats, he kind of he kind of did that six covering job that well. But again, it's around, you know, it's square pegs. You know, you could argue that if you, uh, the, the, when, when the transfer window closed in August, I did a piece in on Celtic by numbers and I, and I rag status the midfield, central midfield is red. I thought I saw it as the biggest issue in the squad because what 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 Postacoglu's system demands are three pretty athletic, dynamic midfielders that go up and down, up and down, very good at passing vertically, um, but also good at good at recovery and doing all the dirty stuff as well. And, and you could argue we do not have a single midfielder that fits that profile, not even Callum McGregor. Okay, so you know Rogic and Turnbull are arguably our tens. Uh, we don't have that that number eight, and the three players that played last night are more are, are sixes, right? I don't actually know what Shaw is. I spoke to when I spoke to Wednesday fans, they didn't know what he was. He's a kid that came in to a struggling team at Wednesday, and he was shuttled around. He played left back, he played centre back, he played centre mid, and and he hasn't really got a, a settled position. Sorrow, as we know. Uh, did really well last season as a six. The, his, his vertical passing was fantastic, and we didn't see a lot of that last night. Um, so it was just, again, it was just, you know, it just highlights the chronic lack of depth in that absolutely fundamental part of the pitch. I think fair play. I think they all, they all kind of did a, they all tried their hearts out, no doubt. Um, 
Shaw actually completed 18 of his 20 passes in the opposition half. I thought that was excellent in that respect. Um, he, he, you know, he was he won eight duels and only lost three. He's a big, he's a big physical guy, right? Um, mm. um, but he's also very much like Sorrow. He's he's a red card waiting to happen. I think he was sent off twice in about 20 games for Wednesday. Wednesday fancy say he just runs around the pitch, th- th- clattering into people, and you saw a bit of that last night. So, um, having him and Sorrow on the pitch and both got booked. So Sorrow probably the problem with Sorrow is he draws attention to himself. Okay, the referee yeah. catches on to him very early, and he, and he and he draws attention. Shaw didn't so much, but he he's he's only one missed time tackle away from a red before he goes off. But these guys were put in a very difficult situation, doing jobs they're not familiar with doing. But and I think they did a, a fantastic effort in trying to fit that system as as best as their skill sets will allow. But McC- McCarthy's never going to be a player that's going to, that's comfortable playing the way that Postecoglou played when he played at Palace. They had three midfielders and their jobs were defensive. And the mm. and, and the ball was the idea was to get the ball up to Zaha and Benteke as quickly as possible. And they and they just sat. And he's comfortable. And that's great. And, and he'll do a job like that. But you ask him to do a box to box. Uh, role um, that that was McCarthy when he was at Hamilton, you know, or twenty-two year old James McCarthy. It's not thirty-one year old James McCarthy. No, it certainly the, isn't. The more we speak, I'm going back to my original point that it's a miracle we won this game with that team. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It is actually. I think it'll go down as one of the greatest performances like by a uh, Celtic team in the context of the of the of the, of the uh, selection. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something, Tony. You're you're obviously more focused than me because you're thinking about how a miracle it is we won the game. But every time Alan says the word jewel, I'm just thinking of sorrow and like gladiator on a Saturday night with a pugil sticks just battering. <laughs> uh, Joaquin or something like that with a with a pugil stick, but that's one for the nineties <laughs> kids out there. Um, and the other thing as well is championship manager. Yes, a big fan, but as everybody knows, if you give somebody the correct role, they only need four or five good stats to perform that role properly. Absolutely. They don't need the rest. So, but, but Alan, you'll know that better than most. <laughs> Sadly, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, looking at the front line. Um, Patrick uh, Bantering no. Sa- <laughs> Patrick Bantering earlier in the comments said Jota for him was the biggest miss of the team. Certainly just in general, uh, the front line was one that going into the game, I thought we were going to struggle with perhaps more than we did. The biggest surprise package, and I'll come to you first on this, Alan, just because uh, Tony's had the first word on the last few. <laughs> um, but Ayeti... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. For me, it was a surprise package. Yes, he only lasted 25 minutes, unfortunately, because of injury, but he was certainly, to, for want of a better phrase, putting himself about a bit and, and seemed a good physical presence up front was winning the ball high up in the pitch, putting pressure on their defence. What did you make of a Yeti? And is it a case of misfortune that he happens to have, you know, got himself injured when he might have been able to establish himself in the team? 
Yeah, I mean, striker was the other red flag. I, I flagged at the end of August, and here we are. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at that team, I would I would bracket a Yeti with probably Sorrow in in the bracket of senior players, seniorish. I mean, they're both young guys actually. Sorrow's only twenty three, Yeti's only twenty four, um, but I think they're players that have probably been given a chance by Postecoglou, and he's. I, th- I think he's decided they're not. They're not. Gonna, they're not. Not for him. So you know, they they played last night because there was literally nobody else to play. Uh, he didn't. He didn't do a lot on the. You know, in terms of actions on the ball, actions there wasn't a lot there to to sort of pick up on. Unfortunately, in the in the brief time he was on, I mean, it's a feature of uh, Ange's teams that um, the strikers really don't get involved in play at all. Um, right. The number of the number of times that even Kyogo pass uh, touches the ball is incredibly small. Um, I always used to joke about Lee Griffiths that he used to have more shots than completed passes. It's a bit of a geek, geek joke, that one. And I know you're not laughing because it's not funny. <laughs> I'm sure there's spoken sure in the comments will get yeah, that no, one no, yet. I'm sure people are just like, oh, that's brilliant. But, but, you know, it's, it's, very, it's, very, uh, it's very unusual for a player to have more shots at goal than actual completed passes, if you think about it. Uh, a pass is the most common action on the field. About 75% of all actions on the field are passes, so... Anyway, I'll stop now. But yeah, so so, <laughs> but, so but, you know, Kyogo is uh, involved almost less, less to a lesser extent than Lee Griffiths used to be when he was the the main striker. And I, but and I, and I don't know that that's necessarily the style of Kyogo. I think it's just the style of how how, how Ange sets his teams up. So Ayeti really didn't do a lot before he went off injured, and and of course we're now in an absolute mess uh, because of, because of that. But, but then you know. With with Jamakis being injured, uh, Jackamakis being injured, we, you know we, we're down to a player that I don't think Ange trusts or wants anyway. So that's not a great situation either. So you know, <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's just a crap situation. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty much the top and bottom of it. If there's one positive to take out of it, you've got Kevin Graham laughing anyway. I would say don't apologise for your geeky jokes. I love every <laughs> single one of them. You know, um, Tony, looking at it, it's always fascinates me when Alan comes on because. <laughs> There he is, he's laughing anyway, which is uh, which is unusual for our Kev, but I'll give him it. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, it always fascinates me when Alan comes on because he takes what is my emotional response to how a player um, performs and puts it into a much more sort of objective context. That being, for me, a Yeti, when he was on the pitch, performed well, even if the stats suggest that the impact wasn't there. Um, there you go, Daniel Mick says I don't mind the stats, it's interesting sometimes, the, wow is, is, is the, if you look at the dictionary under what does damned by faint praise mean that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the sentence that you'll see I was going to say um, <laughs> I, the, the phrase is I don't mind and sometimes is not something oh. that you want in there but thank you Daniel Mick for that we thank you so it. much thank um, you. but Tony <laughs> you know, um, Ayeti Ayeti was fine um, he, he, he was, he was, you know, I, I think certainly what I saw from him last night that I've not seen in some of the other performances was at least a willingness to try. That is what I would give him. Yeah, I was just about to say, beware of geeks bearing jokes. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey, very hey, good. I, I that, by the way, Alan. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, listen. You watch with our eyes. That's what we do. Alan dissects it and he tells you himself. He watches it and then forms the data in a different kind of way. But it's good to have that, if I've said that, juxtaposition of both, isn't it? 
mm-hmm. your emotional and your visual response to how a player's playing, and then you get some scientific statistical data to see, well, actually, co- contrast it with this. So that's how it's become more and more prevalent in football and more and more questions are thrown up around it. It, it stimulates brilliant debate, right? Because you just said there, you thought a jetty did this, a jetty did that. I'll say, well, actually, he did the square out of saw doll. You know what I mean? So, but sat I think, me down is what he did. <laughs> no, he did. No, no, no. I mean, listen, listen. And, and there's there's limitations to the data uh, because, you know, we're the, the the really holy grail of of all this is, is the sort of more tracking based data. So it's because yeah, yeah. player, players literally spend. 89 minutes without the ball, right? So what are they doing in those 89 minutes? And is it good or is it bad? And what does good look like? What does not good look like, right? So, you know, we're, we're, as I keep saying, you know, the, the, the data that we have today are the stars, but all the black stuff in between is the stuff that we don't get to see. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and connecting up, I agree with that comment that's just come in. It does lead to, it's all good. So it gives you, it gives you, the, it gives you kind of the full picture, doesn't it? You know, you but you'll stand by what you think you're seeing. Yeah, you know, the stats just gives you that kind of. I mean, listen, I'm disappointed for a jetty. I think he looks like a player who is a penalty box striker who's got a fantastic one-touch finish. He's a great. He's actually a really good finisher. To me, he would be should be perfect for this system. Uh, and so, but it's it's not worked out. Um, I don't know uh, whether it's attitude, you know, some some rumours there, but, you know, whatever it is, um, yeah, disappointed it's not worked out for him. And the irony is he almost scored last night by doing something that Ange loved. He chased yeah. a goal mm-hmm. down and the goal is... <laughs> injured himself because he's not used to doing it. You know, I read Awakening. This is what he wants me to do. Hiya. Hiya. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 can't do it for 90 minutes, let alone you See, I told you, Andrew. <laughs> <That'll learn> you. <laughs> <laughs> he's, coming off, he's coming off the stretcher going, why did you make me do this? <laughs> you know, um, and I, know but... being, I know we're being flippant, but you know that, as you say, darling, that, that is the way Andrew wants his strikers to play. You have to be a buzz bomb along that front line and mm-hmm. shut down and you know, and uh, as you say, you you might not always touch the ball or be on the ball, but you are affecting what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, you're affecting the play. You're, you're having an impact, shutting down. I mean, how many, how many times do opposition defenders smash the ball off Kyogo? He was out for throwing. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, it's subtle things. If you look, if you yeah. think back to the Dundee United game at the weekend, or even the game last night, the number of times that the goalkeeper kicks the ball and it's a poor kick. Uh, because of the pressure that they're under, and just that little split second of additional pressure makes the kick out imperfect, and then you're on to the counter press. And it's just it's yeah. just little details, little margins. Yeah, and talking of those little details and margins that can turn into big details and big margins, Tony. Um, we were being a little bit flippant about the 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 Ajeti injury, and obviously we wish him well. But the one that really uh, stuck in the throat was Kyogo. Um, now I saw I saw a lot of stick for the manager saying, you know, what's he doing bringing Kyogo on? I don't know about you, but I kind of felt that was a bit of a dead end to go down because what else is he supposed to do? Um, what did you make of him that decision of him bringing Kyogo on? And obviously, where does it leave us with that injury? I I don't want to sort of join in some kind of manager baiting, but he's not got anything wrong since he came into the club, in my opinion. I think he called it wrong last night. 
he could have mm. put Johnson on up front. I just think Kyogo shouldn't have been anywhere near uh, the bench or the start uh, or, or coming onto the park, only because there was a foreboding sense of doom about it all, wasn't it? People were predicting players are going to get injured. Can you start predicting these things? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? And then a jetty goes down, and then you see Kyogo warming up, and you're thinking, don't put him on, don't put him on, put Mikey Johnson on, just whatever you do, save this guy. He comes on and he gets injured, you know? So I think I think the manager might hold his hands up at some point and say, you know what, maybe I did get that wrong. Yeah, what is he supposed to do? I get that. He's the main striker at the club. You know, the guy that he put in in his place got injured. So it's just a kind of like for like. But I just think with the, the December that we have and the, you know, the hectic schedule, you know, if Celtic... 1-3-2 last night, lost 3-2. It didn't matter, did it? I just think in the grand scheme of last night did not matter. And I just mm. think clearly like Kyogo should just, shouldn't have been anywhere near it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, well, not being critic, but you have to, you have to accept the fact that he called that wrong last night. I, yeah. I, I've not queried his judgment since he came in at all. And I think supporters just feel really... Really disappointed in the fact that if it is a hamstring, then it's three to four weeks, and he's going to miss crucial games, and you've got a cup final coming up in what ten days, eleven days, yeah, uh, nine days, whatever it is, and you know you're miss you're missing several key players. My, my biggest concern is that it's if it's hamstrings, it's happening a lot, isn't it? Jota, mm-hmm. Ajeti, Kyogo, you know that's a, that's a concern moving forward. But as I say, uh, we we all love the manager. You know, we we back him to the help. We hope the board backs him to the help. And again, I go back to Alan's point, it shows up the chronic lack of depth that we have in certain positions uh, at the football club. You know, that, mm-hmm. that that's for a start. But I just, I, I don't know if Ange will be able to say anything that can kind of make up for last night and the, and the decision to play to Yogo at any stage. I just felt he should have been rested completely. It, it's, an in, it's an interesting point though there that the, the commenter brings up with players who have already lost to injury it makes it harder to understand why Kogo came yeah. on last night and and on one hand I, I understand that but on the other hand it's a it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in that if we have a number of injuries you are then limited at who you can bring on and if Kyogo's still there he's an option Um, but, but I wanted to ask Alan on this one I, sorry to put you on the spot with this, Alan, because I know it's not something that you might have prepared. But given your given your um, discussions previously about days rest and things like that, part of me wonders, um, just anecdotally, like Tony was saying about the number of hamstring injuries we, we're getting, whether there's a fundamental issue with the way we're training the players or, or with the with the the backup medical staff at the club. Does it strike you from the numbers that you look at that the number of in- injuries we've got is a statistical anomaly or is it just bad luck, do you think? I, I doubt it's bad luck. Um, so if, I, I'll, if, I, if you don't mind, I'll just cover Kyogo first. So mm. hopefully hopefully people know that when when the when the Postacoglu bus was a two-seater Fiat Punto, I was on it, right? So um, from day one, I've been 100 I was I was the other seat, Alan. Yeah, yep. yeah, there you go. You were driving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he got it wrong last night, and he's going to have to you know, hold his hand up and say that. Um, I, I actually did a tweet where I didn't even realise that Ko Yogo was on the bench because mentally 
I didn't even want him to be on the bench. I yeah. probably should have had the night off completely. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not, and, and you know, my training, uh, a couple of things I try and bring to this from my own sort of life experiences. One is uh, risk management, and second is just general you know, analysis skills. So, if if you want to look for patterns, uh, I'll give you this on on Kyogo, right? Kyogo has only completed ninety minutes for Celtic three times, right? The first oh. time he completed ninety minutes was at Ibrox in August, and he missed. He didn't play another league game until third uh, of September. The other two times he's played ninety minutes for Celtic were against Hearts and against Dundee United, i.e. the last two games. Now, I was told that Celtic have got um, software um, analysis capabilities that allow them through the through the, 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 the monitors they have on the players to, to, to detect signals of when players are in the red zone in terms of, you know, their, 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 their biometrics and their physiological indicators, etc., uh, you know, are 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 they getting? You know, is somebody? You know, I mean, I, I mean, and also, I'm not again. When I was watching Jota that that game against uh, was it Hearts? He went off or Aberdeen? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Uh, so you could see he, he he wasn't he wasn't fully he wasn't running as freely. And I'm just thinking, if we've invested in the right sort of technology, the right medical support, and the right data, and then we're not using it, that's almost worse. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is something. This is something that over at Ibrox they've been using. This I think this is called Zone Seven, or I can't remember what the name of it. Maybe it is. They're using the software for a couple of years, and they've had significantly fewer injuries. And, and actually, you know, the Rangers are a good proxy to compare Celtic against because obviously they've had a very similar schedule. They started Europe around about the same time. They've had pretty much the same number of games in the same pattern of, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it might be. And if you look at their uh, injuries this season, to your question, so Celtic, have, Celtic, if you look at the first team squad, and I've and I've taken out players like Christie, Edward, Griffiths, who are not, who are not here anymore, and I've and I've taken out like youngsters that have filled in. And again, if you just look at the first team squad, Celtic have lost the equivalent to 159 matches due to injury. What that works out as, it works out an average of 5.3 players per game. Every game, they're over their average of five players missing uh, to select from. And if you look at uh, if you look at uh, the Rangers over the same over the same period this season, they've lost seventy two. They're missing two point five players per game, half. So they've got double the injury problems. Now, some of that, um, some of it might be just bad luck, but some of it, I'm sure, is because you know I, I know that they've been using um, up to date tech, up to date data to track. The, the the conditioning of players and our Celtic Celtic are using it but not using it properly and as I say look at the patterns with Kyogo then what what you know what, why not and and in terms of you know why is this happening it's probably there's never one thing right there's, there's going to be a multitude of uh, factors that contribute I I do wonder whether mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, from Postacoglu's perspective, a learning for him is... That, that you know, he, he, I mean, he said it so himself. He just can't get over the number of games that Celtic are playing, and and in every game, you're playing at the same intensity. There's no sort of taking the foot off the gas at Celtic. You have to play every game on the front foot. And whether he's underestimated the wear and tear on both training at the atten- intensity, and Stephen Welsh spoke about this during the week about mm. the intensity that Celtic train at and then play a match at, is that actually practical given the schedule? And the cold weather, and all the other, and the travel, and the lack of recovery days, which is cru- which are crucial, uh, and all the international players that are jetting back here, you add all those things up, and I suspect he's going to have to have a bit of a sit down with his head of sports science and think: Are we doing? Are we have we got this right? But also, are the club has the club got the right culture, uh, and using the data and the information they actually do have to make smart decisions? Because last night was not a smart decision, and if you look at the patterns of usage of Kyogo, you could have seen that. Yeah, it's an interesting point, Tony, because one thing I don't know about Australian or Japanese football is whether there's any portion of the calendar um, where the the games are as congested as they are in the Christmas period uh, in European football, certainly. Um, Is it possible, do you think, that Ange has maybe not had to come up against this management of of this congestion of fixtures and alter his training to suit? Is that maybe what he's suffering from at the moment? Well, they made a point of mentioning the amount of games they were playing in such a short period was ridiculous, I think, was yeah. it, wasn't yeah. it? Back to Alan's point there about, you know, but that's the way it is. It's pretty worrying if that's the case that Celtic aren't using the science available to them. What it does highlight is that this squad can't cope with that high-intensity training and high-intensity matches. You know, the, the, the squad of players that they have, they just don't have enough people to cope because they're not. Resting and recovering properly, they're being asked to go to the well and to drink out it again, and you can only go so many times. And I guess that's what's happened with Kyogo. He's been asked to go to the well once too often, and now he has—he has come a cropper. Mm. But again, that could have been avoided by looking at the situation, looking at the the evidence and the, the sports science and the stuff that's in front of you that Alan was talking about there and alluding to. So you have to utilise it in the best way possible. I mean, if we're all supporters. You probably could have predicted that Kyogo would break down at some point this season, but you take that out of the equation by just limiting that last night by not putting them in the squad at all, letting them sit in the stand and watch it because it's a it's a nothing game. There, there, there didn't have to be any intensity to that, you know. So and or pressure in that mm. situation. So you know you. When you shoot yourself in the foot like that, it's it's more worrying. But uh, I've just found that last few minutes from Alan pretty interesting, to be mm-hmm. honest. Uh, I really do. I, 
I wasn't aware of it, so that's enlightening for me, you know. So it's, 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 but, but even without all that, it's basic risk management. You, I, uh, you, you, you make a decision. What is the upside to my decision? What is the downside of my decision? And what what is the likelihood that the downside is going to occur, right? Yeah. And, and and on that basis, like you say, you, you say to them, go and sit in the stand, wrap, wrap, a, wrap a big, yeah. thick coat around you and enjoy the game. Because there was no, no reward to that risk management last night, was there, at all? No. Apart from winning the football match. You know, yeah, like, the only the only outcome no, but, was but again, Kiowa didn't actually contribute that much to yeah, yeah. What, what turned what turned the game for Celtic was McGregor and Turnbull coming on and controlling yeah, yeah. the midfield. Yeah, mm. yeah. Patrick Dolan on YouTube makes a good point. Alan also add in the lack of uh, protection that our players are afforded by officials. Then it's amazing we're not worse off crunching tackles but not breaks yet. Uh, Tony, we were watching the game live last weekend at the charity weekender where. David Turnbull was lucky not to break his leg uh, against uh, Butcher, uh, appropriately named from from Dundee United. And hopefully, hopefully, um, any injuries that we do uh, have are down to our own mismanagement of the players, and it's something we can sort, and that we don't end up with serious injuries because of what's happening with the the tackles being made against us. Uh, but that's probably a discussion for another day. Uh, and in the meantime, we'll go on, Tony, um, and talk about the game against Motherwell that we've got coming up at Celtic Park on Sunday. Last time we faced Motherwell was at Fir Park back in October. We we won 2-0 there. It was seen as a little bit of a turning point for us in the season just because it wasn't, uh, I don't remember it being the prettiest of wins, but it was a win nonetheless. Um, what are your sort of worries, injuries aside going into the match or what are the positives that you see going into the match? We're, we're playing against the Motherwell team who have had a somewhat up and down season but but more positive than negative and are currently sitting fifth in the table. I think I'm looking at Celtic's front three for Sunday, am I not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which I don't think any of us could name sitting here right now. So. <laughs> right, uh, uh, what I remember about that third part game is Ange came away with that brilliant uh, quote that we'll run our own race, mate which I quite yeah. like. I was standing feet away from him when he said that. It was great. I was chuckling away. Yeah, tremendous. He said, I thought the league was finished, that kind of thing. So that was good. Yeah, listen, that's the headache that we now have, that the manager now has. You know, for, for Sunday, who does he play? You know? Do you, will we, well, do you put Johnson, a bad or Forrest through the middle? You'll draft in some players from the B team to sort of give you the, your wide options. You know, nobody can say for certain now. We don't know the extent or the prognosis of the injuries to Ajeti and uh, Kyogo, but you know it's weeks. You know, you, if it's hamstrings, you're three to four weeks minimum mm-hmm. you know, with potential for uh, a more lengthy layoff, depending on how bad it is. So uh, you're looking just now and you're kind of struggling to pick a, a main centre forward, aren't you? I'd be tempted yeah. to maybe go with James Forrest just because he has experience and can possibly lead the line. Or maybe Abada has been out of sorts and out of touch in the wide uh, position, so maybe put him through the through the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe get his confidence levels back up, you know, because he, he, earlier he scored four and seven when he came to the club, and, that, and now he's now got seven and 30. So there's been a dip off there in terms of his goal return. Yeah. Try, try to go all Allen on Allen there, you know what I mean? He'll like <laughs> two assists last night. You know, but you know, so he'll maybe relish the fact again through the, the middle and try to get his confidence levels up with another with a if he can get a couple of goals. But we need to produce something on Sunday because it's a it's a crucial, crucial match. I mean they're all crucial, but 
it's even more crucial now in terms of your limited with your personnel, how you go about uh, how you go about winning on Sunday, yeah. and you just need to find a way to win. That's ultimately what it comes down to, um, Alan. It's it's going to be a it's going to be a difficult match for us, obviously, for for a number of reasons, not least the injuries that we have. Uh, do you think we've got enough in the tank to come out on top on Sunday? So I'm going to be kind of upbeat on this one. I think Motherwell are yeah. and the way that the <laughs> Motherwell set themselves up is 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 suits will suit Celtic down to the ground. And the reason that I say that is the, there's a few teams in the league that like Dundee United uh, that we played last week who kind of they adapt their style uh, within a framework, but they adapt their style to suit the opponent that they're playing. Motherwell play four three three every game. And they play three up front every game. And they've, they've, the the benefit uh, is they've had a pretty settled team all season, uh, and quite quite you know with with a few a few suspension uh, problems because they actually um, have you know the most yellow cards in the league by seven, <laughs> forty six yellow cards and three sendings off as well in the league. So it's going to be that kind of game again. Um, but they're going to play their four three three. They're going to get the ball forward very directly. And they're going to try and get um, you know free kicks, corners uh, because you know from from set plays they're they're, they're a strong side, um, and that's the way they're going to play. And all their strikers are pretty effective. I think Watts actually the top scorer in the league with nine goals. Um, Van Veen has actually got a higher expected scoring contribution than than Watt. And Wuthery is although he's not contributed a lot in terms of goals and assists, he's by by all accounts been. A pretty effective player, so if they'll aim to get the ball to their front three as often as possible. But the reason that I say I'm kind of optimistic is that when when we've played Motherwell and they play this system, it's very easy to play through that first front three. And once you've played through their front three, you've then only got seven players between you and the goal. And given the space that Celtic will have and the quality, especially if you looked at the last game, both uh, old, old McGregor, Rogic, and Turnbull all um, had over 100 packing scores. So let me just break that down. So this is where you're measuring forward passes that take opponents out of the game. 100 is a pretty good score. Uh, they, they all beat that. So what, I'm, what, what that means to me is that they had plenty of space to be playing through balls, to be breaking lines. That, that plays directly into Celtic style. And what we've seen in the last couple of games, especially, is an even more aggressive vertical approach. McGregor's passing stats have gone through the roof in the last two games, and that through ball that he put for Turnbull's goal, and another one he put through for that Kyogo uh, didn't didn't quite uh, score from in the last game. He's been more aggressive with his passing, and that has to come from the manager because McGregor can be a little bit conservative sometimes. So I think the system that they play will feed into that. The, the fascinating thing about the um, the game that we played against them, and it won't be any different because they'll, they'll play the same way, is that the fullbacks again in this four three three. Once you break that first press, they've then got three against three in the middle, mm. and their midfielders have got a choice. And what what Ralston absolutely ran riot against them in that game. You know, he had he had the best attacking stats of anyone on the pitch that day. You know, um, and but, but the problem that we had was on the other side we had Bolangoli. Now Bolangoli is again uh, provides quite a, a much he's much, he's, much, he's a much quicker, stronger, physical player than Taylor, for example, or even Scales, uh, and his passing from the back. His verticality of passing is better than than those, but he's really ineffective in the final third. Uh, very few, you know, very low expected assists, very few crosses that were successful. So I think if we, for us, for me, if we get the fullbacks right, uh, that they're going to have a that's going to be the most important position uh, of the day against them. Uh, you know, and Taylor generally. 
does very well against this type of opponent at this level. Um, and if we've got, you know, again, Juranovic, I think uh, it's tailor-made for those two. Because what we what, what will happen, I think, is we'll get overloads wide out wide and create danger there. And with that combined with the, the three midfielders being able to, uh, I think, you know, of a far greater quality than their midfield three, and it will be one-on-one, uh, I'm very optimistic that we'll be able to give them a lot of trouble. I, th- I think based on, on that assessment, we definitely will. And I think a big advantage of, of, of the other night, uh, or, or last night, I should say, even though we've come away with some injuries, is that there are players coming back into the team, Juranovic, Taylor, McGregor, that kind of thing, who, who will be fresher than they otherwise might have been if they'd had to play that game last night. So it's an advantage. Uh, just to close out the show, Tony, I wanted to get your thoughts on, um, just to go back to the Europa League things for, for a little bit of time there, Obviously, we're unfortunate to have um, missed out on qualification. But my personal feeling on it is that actually it might be a bit of a blessing in disguise for us. Perhaps the teams that we're playing against in the Europa Conference League uh, are slightly more the type of level that we need to be playing just now. Um, And any European football after Christmas at Celtic Park is welcomed. What is your thoughts on it, given that it's it's a new tournament format, it's Get no prestige whatsoever associated with it, but but we're in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the bottom line. We're in it. So now that we're in it, let's try and win it. Mm. You know, you mm. might be able to see to put up, you know, make a fist of it with teams that are that are in and around your level. So we'll see where we go. But let's compete. You know, ideally, I would want to have qualified from the group, and you know, our points total was pretty decent, and we made a fist of it against, uh, but against the. Uh, two top teams in the Alberts and Bayer Leverkusen, but we're just not at that level yet. Mm. So, and I'll say we need three or four windows. Our hands need three or four windows to get the squad numbers up, the depth up to to be realistically competing against these. But I think we're far ahead in terms of progress. And you mentioned yes. in terms of the progress we've made in the Europa League, made significant strides in European football. So why not have a... No, a rip roaring free scoring, never boring tilt at this. You know, the inaugural conference league, we've got nothing to lose. Go and have a go, and have a go. but then you say to yourself, well, as long as we can keep players fat, we might be able to have a go. You know, that's a big worry, isn't it? A big concern. But I, I think, I don't think there's anybody in the conference league that you should be worried about. Let's put it that way. I think, if anything, they should be worried about Celtic, but we'll worry about injuries and stuff and see if we can get a, a decent team on the park when we play. Uh, other European opposition, but you know, it's not it's not what we wanted. We wanted to qualify from the group, but if you're asking me in terms of progress, it clubs made significant strides in Europe this season and can make further strides by going to the latter stages of the Conference League, which will again boost confidence levels and it'll be good for good for the club and good for the team. Absolutely. I mean, I think we were all thinking any form of European football would be a bonus this season, and 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 we've got it in spades and and, and more to come. Uh, with that said, uh, we'll call it a day for today. Uh, this has been the Friday Bulletin. Um, if a Friday Bulletin without me is your bag, you'll be uh, in luck next week because I will not be on the show. Uh, lineup still to be confirmed, although I believe, Tony, you'll be back in in your usual spot unless otherwise engaged. Um, I believe so, aye. Yeah. Aye. Um, <laughs> Unless you're injured, I don't go pulling that hamstring. Um, Alan, you'll be back with us uh, in a few weeks' time, as usual. Thank you very much for your contributions today. Uh, 
Thank you. Uh, uh, and um, for anybody else who's wondering, yes, we are doing the, the match coverage against Motherwell on Sunday. So we will see you half an hour before kickoff for that as usual. Tony, Alan, thank you very much. Thanks everybody in the comments and we'll see you on Sunday. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.